1: from accuweather.com this is everything under the sun it's our weekly podcast featuring in-depth interviews with experts from accuweather and from around the world bringing you behind the scenes information stories and news on the weather climate change and the outdoors covering topics from the worlds of science sports and space it's all the information you need to weatherproof your life And now, here's the host of Everything Under the Sun, AccuWeather Meteorologist Dean DeVore. Friends, welcome in. This is episode three
2: of our summer series here on Everything Under the Sun, and it has been already a very hot summer in the middle of the country as we started to build in these heat waves that have been dangerous and uh, long lasting, and we got another one that's building in for this upcoming week. Heat born and heat related illnesses are on the rise here as we go through the summer, and we're in the prime time of that coming up in the next several weeks. So we're going to talk to Dr. Brian McDonough about that coming up in our first race of focus segment. Not only heat illnesses, but other heat and uh, health-related topics as we go through the summer. And then Brandon Buckingham, meteorologist, will be along to talk about where it's going to be hottest this weekend. And some areas of the northeast of New England are going to feel more like spring, at least on the calendar. It's the last official weekend of spring as we turn the calendar to summer with the solstice here coming up on this upcoming Tuesday. Friends, sit back and relax. It's time to talk about everything under the sun from AccuWeather.com. Just read a statistic here this week that heat-related deaths are up 56% uh, between 2018 and 2021 across the globe. And certainly here in the United States, uh, we've been seeing a lot of heat already this early part of summer. An extended heat wave has uh, gripped a lot of the Midwest and Great Lakes region. And another one is building in for places like St. Louis and Chicago next week. Certainly that heat that we've been talking about in the Southwest and Central West and southernwest not going anywhere either, and so a real concern as we see these heat-related illnesses and deaths mount here as we go through the summer. We also have some other topics to talk about in terms of health. Where do we stand at COVID this summer as we head into the heart of the summer vacation season, and monkeypox is something that we're hearing a lot about. I want to talk about that and the stigmatism uh, in terms of the, the situation of monkeypox and who it may be affecting most, at least initially. We'll talk about that. With Dr. Brian McDonough, you hear him on 1010 Winds and many of our other great Odyssey stations. He's been a longtime physician and medical editor on our great radio stations that we serve here at AccuWeather. Brian McDonough joins us here on Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. Brian, so good to have you with us here again on Everything Under the Sun. As uh, you know, the national headlines over the last couple of days have been talking about this immense heat dome that's been plaguing the middle of the country in the central United States. We're getting kind of a brush with that into the northeast here as we end the week. But we had been talking on this podcast with our long range forecasters uh, over the last couple of months of how we were very concerned about the intense heat uh, that would we'll be building for long stretches over the middle of the country and we're going to see that, and I wanted to get you on to talk about the importance of thinking ahead, when we're planning our day in terms of dealing with heat and humidity, and especially with long bouts of it. Like we're going to see a place like uh, St. Louis, maybe 10, 12 days at 90 or better. And some of those days, maybe 100 or better. So when we're talking about this uh, heat-related illness and heat stress, uh, it's really something that you've got to think about, maybe even start planning for it a day or two ahead, about how you're going to deal with that and conquer it. Uh, in your everyday life. Is that a good advice from the meteorologist to the doctor?
3: I think it is. And I think the important thing you have to realize is certain people are at higher risk than others. Those who are at higher risk are the very old and the very young. So especially with the elderly, think about it. The more time you go into a heat wave, if you're living in a place, maybe you're not being checked on by relatives or whatever, and maybe you don't have, you know, income, and so you're using a fan or the windows are open, you don't have proper air conditioning, or if you're taking medications, uh, as many people do as they get older, things like diuretics, which you know make you more dehydrated, all of those things will build over days. The longer you go into these situations, so when we're talking about heat waves that are two, four, six, eight, you know, 10 days, there's a greater chance for problems. And that's why like, whenever I do like the health reports in these situations, I say, please check in on an elderly loved one or a friend or find out, or, you know, if you own apartment buildings, whatever it is, watch out for people because that's how they'll fall into a trap. The, the, you know, a person, an elderly person who could be very, you know, well balanced, doing living life well, you think about that precarious, Things that can happen when you're taking medications or you get dehydrated, it can change you fast. So, that's a big thing with the long term. Short term, the other issue is that when we go out, any of us, even if we're in great shape, if you're not well hydrated and you go out to the peak of the sun, things can happen really fast. I yeah. mean, you can get dehydrated and get confused. And, and we've seen it in the emergency room numerous times where people come in there at that point, hopefully, if they get in in time they're just very disoriented and they're, they're, they're shivering and they're, you know, everything's thrown off balance. Um, And what I worry again about long type stretches is, okay, so you're a tennis player, you love tennis. And, you know, you you say, all right, I'm going to sit it out for a few days. You know, you might get impatient on day four and your free time might be in the middle of the day, not at the end of the day when Mm -hmm. it's cooler or whatever. And you see people get into trouble. So I think, These are definitely different. um, You can tell me, but they're definitely different, different weather patterns than we've seen for extended periods of time. And and that becomes a whole new concern.
2: Yeah. And I think to me, the big concern becomes the nighttime we we, you know, stress the how high the temperature is going to get during the day. But what to me is the big stressor is your body sometimes, okay, okay, I'm going to deal with that during the day, but I know I'm going to get some relief at night and I won't be a stress. But when the temperature is not falling in in the city below 80 degrees or even 75, the dew point and the humidity are up to 65, 70 or higher at night. I mean, that's just oppressive. So like you said, if folks don't have proper air conditioning and with the fact that we're facing increased amounts of likelihood of blackouts and brownouts in these long stretches of heat, um, the body doesn't get a chance to recover at night. And so, like you said, in the long stretches, you're kind of adding and so day two may not sound as hot as the day before but because you didn't get any relief from the night previous your body's already running at a deficit the next day so I think you know both those things um, make it uh, your advice crystal clear about having to check on folks that can't necessarily take care of themselves um, older younger pets and all those kinds of things I know you're not a vet doc, <laughs>
3: you're, you're,
2: you're, you're, a people doctor, but uh, all those things. So yeah, well, this is r- yeah. really challenging time right now for folks.
3: Well, you know, you think about it, like, even if you have a pet, you know, I'm a pet owner, you have to be concerned. You're going to walk the pet, first of all, for your own health, but it's really high. but also... You know, they're little paws going across surfaces it's it's hotter and it's you know it's more uncomfortable and if you put them down blacktop or something that that can you know it can burn them so all of these things do become concerns and issues
2: it is going to be something that we need to watch very carefully here over the next uh, several months because as we said uh, we are seeing especially in the middle of the country there the midwest the great lakes all the way down through the plains are going to have several stretches like that of long term dangerous heat waves And they're going to get into the Northeast. It's going to be more short-term intense, uh, we think, for the Northeast and the the Upper Great Lakes and up into New England. But uh, we're already seeing a first one there in the next couple of days. A couple of other health issues, Doc, that I want to talk to you about here. Let's kind of give us where we are in the continuum that is COVID. Um, You know, last summer, we started to see the Delta variant uh, really rage. Uh, as we got into the summer, uh, had a bad experience with that through the summer, and then we got a a, a dip. And then Omicron started to become the new uh, variant here that we've dealt with uh, as we've gone through uh, the fall and the winter. And then, you know, we've been seeing uh, a larger number of cases, a spike here over the last several weeks. It seems like those are starting to come down a little bit. Um, where are you in the continuing with COVID? How are you talking to your patients about what they need to be doing right now as you get ready to continue summer travel and those kinds of things?
3: Well, the biggest thing, and I get it, the biggest thing is all of us want it to go away. People have had enough. I always, you know, I talk with my wife about it, like especially being married to me, you can only imagine I'm always thinking about it. And, and, and you know, and her per- perception is people can only take so much. They want to live their life. They're not traveling. They're not doing things. When is the best time to do it? How are you safe? And th- what I continue to tell people is the first thing you should do, especially now that you know we've seen safety profiles, take advantage of the vaccines that are out there. You know, Again, I tell people, make your choice. I- initially, I was very, very adamant to get people vaccinated because I was afraid it was the only way we could stop this dramatic spread. Uh, but now what we're learning with the vaccine is even if you get vaccinated, You can still spread it. You don't spread it for as long, but you can spread it. But the thing it really does for you is it keeps you out of the hospital. It keeps you from dying. So I just tell people, listen, it's up to you. You know, you should do it for everybody else and for your family. But the reality is do it for yourself. So the first thing is vaccines. The second thing is continue to test if you think you don't feel well. Uh, You know, they're they're very easy to get now inexpensive, if not just given out now by the government test yourself because you don't want to go and put other people at Mm -hmm. risk if you're sick. And and then the third and fourth things which are important we have to worry about is I think you should never feel uncomfortable wearing a mask Um, if you're traveling on a plane. I mean, you don't have to wear it now, but if you feel you want to wear it, there is a degree of protection and that would be nice. And so I think that's good. And then the last thing is we continue to have to work on this is air circulation everywhere that we improve air circulation. That's one thing that they don't talk about a lot. We have to keep that up. All that being said, if you're vaccinated, if you've taken precautions and you use common sense, you're able to go places and do things to the level you're comfortable with. So for instance, my family, we're going to do like upstate New York, Poconos, that kind of a... You could stay at a hotel, but be in an outdoor location. And it kind of is the best of all worlds, as opposed to maybe being inside for seven days or whatever, where you're at greater risk. You find where your comfort levels are and do that. But I think it's important. It's very important that you try to expand your horizons because it's just as bad to just always be home and, and not have outlets. We've seen a lot with our patients. You know, you ask about that. I've seen more people turning to alcohol more people eliminating their social circles because they just don't want to risk things. And we need that, you know, we need those things too. So it's that balance. So when you got a summer and you've got these chances, you take advantage of it.
2: Right. And, and, and right. Learn the ways to do it safely and learn your comfort level. And um, I just flew down to Puerto Rico and, and, you know, I, I, Didn't have to, but I felt more comfortable wearing the mask on the plane itself, not necessarily, you know, when I was away from everybody, you know, but uh, I think uh, those are the things uh, that, again, that if we, I think, I think we've lost our judgmental scenario more and more. I see that where people are. Are, are more accepting of people's ideas about this, as long as it's based on common sense. And I think that's what the biggest thing that we're seeming to get more in alignment now with the research, the guidance and common sense. And I think that's helpful. Do you agree with that?
3: I do. I, I see a definite difference. First of all, I have not seen anyone, at least, you know, and I'm not everywhere and anywhere, but I, would I go to the store or whatever, I tend to still wear a mask because I feel I feel I'm seeing patients. I want to make sure if I'm at risk, I want to reduce risk for everyone else. But I feel comfortable as well. But no one comes up to me and says, how dare you wear that mask or right. you disgust me or, and I don't see people going to someone not wearing a mask and staring them down. I just see people are now respecting what others want to do and understanding that. And I think, you know, we're getting the news now that the vaccine should be available for children under five, but I was always worried about that group, even though they're less likely to have serious issues. you want to make sure I will tell you the thing that, you know, what do I lose sleep over is, Long COVID worries me. I just don't, we don't understand it yet. So I'm worrying about people who have had basically minimal symptoms and then later on, they're still foggy or they have other issues. And it reminds me, and and you and I have both been around enough to see it, like the old Epstein-Barr virus and other things, like viruses that do things that give sometimes vague symptoms and there's no Mm -hmm. explanation. It's like, or it's like Lyme disease and you get the arthritis and other people don't. That's the... The frightening thing about this, it's such a nasty virus and in certain individuals and we don't have a way of predicting it. It attacks them aggressively. And that that bothers me because we know we're going to have to live with it and treat it like the flu and and do these things. But it's a consistent concern. Like, when will we really understand it totally?
2: Right. Uh, And, you know, it's funny because. On its heels, I wanted to bring up an, another thing that's started to hit the news in terms of health, and that's monkeypox. Now, you know, I've already been seeing in the last week or so, and it kind of got on my radar because, you know, I was in Provincetown last July when the Delta variant really got its first kind of introduction to the world and where we saw rapid increases because of the amount of gay men in one small spot, the way that they were uh, congregating and doing that. And then that community took that and we started to see the spread. And that's when, you know, it, it felt like to me as a gay man, I was responsible for the Delta variant. Now, here we come to monkeypox, which is the what we're hearing about. And We're hearing that it is mostly at this point affecting a group of people, men who have sex with men. Now, we're not sure or we're not uh, certain whether sexual activity is what transmits it. We believe it's mostly because people who have what's called monkeypox, the lesions on their skin from close physical contact, and that may have been done in Europe about a month or so ago, a lot of raves and a lot of saunas and that kind of lifestyle. Um, So I think what I'm seeing now is this kind of walking the tightrope between being uh, trying not to be judgmental to a group of people, but understanding that people in that group are at risk because of close contact and physical contact and what that means. Now, I just read here in the last 24 hours that even the World Health Organization is understanding that stigmatization possibility for monkeypox and gay men. And they're actually there's been a push now in the last 24 hours or a couple of days to actually get away from calling this monkeypox and calling it another virus. So I know maybe I've oversimplified that, but as a gay man, it, it's something that's concerning to me. Uh, I even brought it up to the folks at WINS in a way that I heard a story being read just a week ago about this, about making sure that we understand that, yes, gay men are susceptible because of the way they congregate and, and they socialize and things. But this could be with anybody, and we ought to be thinking about it a little bit here this summer. Let's talk about that a little bit.
3: Yeah, you raise a very interesting concern. Um, you know, first of all, there are certain conditions, viruses, and things—Covid, HIV, monkeypox, uh, SARS—but by their very nature, they raise public awareness and they get covered by the press. In, in healthcare, we look at everything um, pretty much coldly, matter-of-factly as who is your high-risk group. You know, is it found more in Hispanics? Is it found more in heterosexuals? Is it found more in African-Americans? Is it found more in Europeans? And we just we look at the numbers, we do the statistics and there's no bias in there. It's just the facts. When something gets converted to something covered in the media, just because it's news and it's exciting, often they'll go for the dramatic so they're going to go monkeypox because, well, it was found in monkeys in the late 50s and this is this and that. But what they don't take into account with that excitement is that, well, you're now saying, just like we did with COVID and the different strange, that's the UK variant. You know, that's the South Af- African variant. That's the or that's the gay variant. And this is the such and such. They don't realize they're hurting people. They're hurting areas of the world they're hurting because they're saying this might have been where they first found it but it sounds like that's where it's the hotbed
2: right it and would, I, yeah be those people or those areas are responsible for it right. Right? And there isn't, right
3: what they're saying is i don't care if you're gay or you're not gay and it's skin-to-skin contact and you're you know you're a wrestler or you're hugging someone who just it can happen now clearly if there was a case and a number of cases and maybe you know you're talking about an environment where people might be closer and you know, in a rave type setting, yeah, that could facilitate it and make it worse. Just like with COVID, you could have a super spreader wedding and everybody's there, but, you know, but they're less likely to call it the wedding virus, but there's a, you know, there's an attraction. So I do see what the World Health is doing right now. In fact, World Health Organization, I read the same articles you're looking at, which is saying that we should probably get away from that because now all of a sudden everyone thinks it's, you know, it's Africa's fault that we have this. Right. When in fact, you know, we may have had a hotbed in another area or it is gay men or whoever group you want to say you have it. And then if you're in that group, you're like, here we go again. And, you know, and, and we don't necessarily learn from the past. I I mean, I, I will tell you years ago, I had the, the honor of interviewing C. Koop, who was that famous surgeon general who had the beard. Right. And I interviewed him when he was alive. And we talked about when he was Ronald Reagan's surgeon general. And they weren't talking about HIV at the time because it was associated with gay men. And it even though later on, we found out it, it spread in heterosexuals and right. spread through blood and blood products. But in that, because of that initial association, he told me that when... I said, "Why didn't you know President Reagan bring it up? It would have been great." He said three different times he talked to him, convinced him to talk about it, and then his handlers told him not to because and,
2: the, because as the, the boats, moral yeah, the return yeah. to morality and conservatism right. that wasn't in his kind of wheelhouse supposedly politically and what, that he should right, be going to that base right. right? And
3: what do we see? You know, thirty years later with COVID, we saw the same thing. You have the right you know, not to wear a mask or you have the right to do that. It became politicized again because sadly certain groups um, and will look at an opportunity because it's, it's, it's raised public attention and they take the public attention as an opportunity to either divide people or get votes or do whatever they want to do. And where I see it as a sad thing is we got to keep science to the extent we can out of that, that political secondary gain and just talk about the facts. I do believe we're seeing this now with COVID. We're finally at the point where people are just dealing with it. They're getting past these things. But my gosh, when you think about all the suffering we went through because of the battling and if they just listen to the the common sense advice and you don't want to see this happen with monkeypox, you don't want to see it get politicized. And so your point, I think, is if, if you happen to be in the group, that the group that's being attacked It's it's very is not only frustrating, you don't want to own that or feel responsible when, in fact, you weren't. And I think that's the key point. You're making a great point. And I think we have to be aware of how we present things to the public now as scientists
2: and uh, certainly be aware of your surroundings. Again, if you uh, if you're going to be in close physical contact with people, understand Mm -hmm. this is out there, you know, uh, lesions um the biggest sign on on people's skin about this that can look uh, like other things that's the problem i think uh you know it's not like this particular thing you can immediately identify it as monkey pox or whatever i right. call it going forward so something we have to watch brian always great spending time with you three key things that we need to think about obviously the heat stress and long-term, short-term, obviously keeping up with COVID and understanding that. And then this situation, um, it's going to be a busy summer. We'll check in with you again if we need to, but thanks so much for being with us here on Everything Under the Sun.
3: Always happy to be with you. Thank you for inviting me.
2: If you'd like to follow Brian on Twitter and also get links to his podcast, The Dr. Brian McDonough Show, which interestingly enough, uh, you know, I'm a PA guy for Penn State and and recent episode of the Dr. Brian McDonough Show, he interviews the longtime public address announcer voice of the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers, Mark Zumoff. Uh, interesting to hear that interview. Uh, his Twitter handle: Dr. Brian McD. D. R. Brian McD. that's Brian McDonough. Thanks so much to Brian for being with us. When we come back, Brandon Buckingham is waiting in the wings, our meteorologist who kind of is an expert now in long-range looks, and we'll take a look at the weather for the upcoming weekend and week beyond, who is going to have to swelter through more heat, who has some actually cooler-than-average temperatures, and who has some heavy rain in the forecast this weekend. That's coming up next. This is Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. Whether you're at home getting ready for work, packing the kids' lunch, or commuting, listen to AccuWeather Daily, subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, and you'll get the top trending weather story of the day every day. Welcome back to Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. Episode three of our summer series rolling on here as we talk with Brandon Buckingham, AccuWeather meteorologist, as he joins me, Dean DeVore, here as we come off our interview with Dr. Brian McDonough about heat related illness and the deaths that, uh, you know, Brandon, I I mentioned this at the beginning of the podcast, uh, just read where heat related illness and deaths up uh, over 56 percent between 2018 and 2021. We've seen heat building already this summer and this uh, heat situation in the center of the country gets a little bit of a break here as we look at the weather for the upcoming weekend and week beyond. But then it looks like dangerous heat and humidity comes back into the upper Great Lakes and Midwest here as we get into the early part of next week. um, This is something that we're going to deal with. We saw last week the beginnings of this heat wave causing power outages and problems, uh, and that is something we've been warning folks about for the last couple of months. And uh, the heat is not uh, a joke here in the middle of the country, and it's going to be expanding again after some folks in the northeast get a little taste of spring on the last weekend of spring on the calendar. Uh, But uh, that heat is going to be bottled up in the middle of the country and start expanding east and northeastward here as we get into the early part of
4: next week. Yeah, as you had said uh portions of the midwest if you want to call it a reprieve in the heat places like st louis i mean only dipping down into the middle to upper 80s this weekend the the noticeable effect will be the lower dew points um, dropping into the 50s rather than our 70s that were observed earlier on in the week it'll be short-lived though as we uh, begin to heat things up early next week You know, and one thing, too, is even as we talk
2: about the Northeast and the Northeast is going to be into an unseasonably cool weekend. I mean, we're talking about a high only around 70 on on Saturday in New York City and lower to middle 70s on Sunday. Boston probably doesn't get out of the 60s, especially Sunday. Looks like it may say in the mid 60s, but where it is sunny in those cooler temperatures and then back to St. Louis with those lower dew points, you have to keep in mind the sizzling sunshine that'll be going on because we are the weekend right before the solstice which happens on tuesday and so that sun angle at the highest point so even though it's going to be cooler in some places uh it is going to be a situation where you may be even lather on more sunscreen
4: yeah absolutely it's uh you know People like me, I'd love to spend time outdoors. This is perfect weather, in my opinion, this upcoming weekend for anything to do outside, even even bonfire weather at night. But as you said, we're approaching the summer solstice with that very high sun angle, and, and that cooler weather may catch you off guard. It's, uh, it's pretty easy to sunburn this time of year.
2: So cool in the northeast and bottle of heat in the middle of the country. And then um, we've got monsoonal moisture coming up along the uh, west coast. And so um, we're going to see some showers and thunderstorms coming up into the four corners. And then we've got a trough that's building in that's going to squeeze out maybe the summer's worth of moisture in some places in the uh, mountainous uh, parts of um, Montana and Idaho and those areas could get really a summer's worth of rain just over this upcoming weekend.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And some of these areas just recently dealt with flooding. So it's it's almost adding insult to injury as there's been very limited time to uh, get things cleaned up, get things back in order. It's, uh, it's been a rinse and repeat pattern across much of the Northwest so far this spring and now entering into the summer season.
2: So a week or so ago, we were very zonal. Things were moving, boom, boom, boom. And now it seems like we're getting amplified again, where these pockets of cooler air, the heat in the middle. It does look as we go into the next week that that, uh, that heat dome in the middle of the country does expand. We'll just see how far east it goes. The Models are a little different on how much incursion that'll have into the northeast as we get into early next week maybe a zone again of some unsettled showers and thunderstorms from the great lakes down through the northeast as you get into like tuesday and wednesday it keeps temperatures down a little bit and we also got to watch something spinning out later next week uh, in the uh, in the atlantic
4: we may have to watch uh, for something there as well yeah another interesting active pattern again similar to this past week as uh these storm systems, these storm complexes like to ride the contrasting temperatures. We'll just have to see next week as, or later on next week the potential for this pattern to flatten out somewhat in the in north central into the northeast United States for a, potentially a, a more unsettled pattern as, as we uh, yeah progress through the end of the week.
2: Yeah, that uh, definitely seems to be the case. So again, the weekend highlights cool in the northeast, wet in the northwest very hot in the middle, and then we'll see that heat transfer up to the uh, Great Lakes and the uh, Northeast as we get into it. Uh, how do you like to beat the heat when it's hot? Uh, Brandon and I like to go out on the disc golf course in the afternoons. We try to stay in the shady parts of the course when it's this hot, right?
4: Yeah, when it's this hot, uh, disc golfing is limited to early in the morning, late in the evening. I uh, like to spend most of the time on the creeks these days.
2: Yeah, he does uh, do an avid fisherman, but it looks like we've got some good disc golf weather in the Northeast this weekend. Brandon, thanks. And That'll put a wrap on episode number three of our summer series coming up in the coming weeks. Next week's National Lightning Safety Week. We'll also be talking about gardening, astronomy. We've got an amazing conjunction between the moon and some of the planets. In fact, they're going to be lined up in order as we get into next week. Friends, it's going to be a a really cool couple of uh, weeks ahead here on Everything Under the Sun. We hope you join us then. For our hundreds of team members across the world, keeping your life weatherproofed every moment of the day through our app, our website, our AccuWeather Network, AccuWeather Now on AccuWeather.com, and all of our media partners. And for all of us, uh, the hundreds of team members in AccuWeather and our executive producers, Andrew, Rob, Kemprell. I'm your host, Dean DeVore. Thanks for joining us. Next week, Episode 4 will drop on Friday of our summer series. This is Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com.
1: Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Be sure to subscribe to, rate, and review Everything Under the Sun on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And of course, if you have an idea for a future podcast, just email us at AccuWeather.podcast at AccuWeather.com.
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row?